You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome to the Well-Fed Women podcast. This is episode number 304. I am your host, Noelle Tarr of coconutsandkettlebells.com. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, a certified personal trainer, and I love baking cookies. If you haven't already gotten my cookie recipe ebook, it's cookies for all occasions. Go to coconutsandkettlebells.com slash cookies. I've been eating all the cookies this month, and I'm not mad about it. Uh, For this episode, I am so excited. This is actually one of my favorite discussions that I've ever had with another guest. Uh, My guest today is Heather Rhodes, and she is a phenomenal human being. I love her so much. Um, She's actually now a good friend. And in this interview, she and I, I will say, we we talk pretty in depth about diet culture and dieting and her personal story and experience with that. And, uh, you know, there will be some rants about people making comments about your weight. Uh, we may talk about social media. Um All the goods are in there. We do definitely talk about hormones and fertility and just her personal experience uh, going through that and and adoption. So all the goods are in here. This is a really juicy and wonderful um, session. I'm I'm really excited to share it with you. Um, This is, again, a bonus episode, slightly shorter than our typical episodes. And it's really just a conversation that Heather and I get to have. um, And and I get to ask her really in depth about her experience and all the little things that she did. You know, I think a lot of times we have a hard time um, as women saying, well, how do I get out of this? I've been doing it this way for so long. Like, how do I move past this? Especially when we talk about the influences of dieting and having a negative relationship with our body or hating our body or always being focused on weight loss. So what are those little things? What are all, just write the plan. What's the plan? What do I need to do to, to move past this? And this is that, basically a conversation all about that. And so I'm really excited to get this into your ears. And um, I hope that it helps a lot of you. Uh, before we dive in, um, I just want to thank Bioptimizers for sponsoring this podcast and committing to supporting well-fed women in 2020 and 2021. They have been such a good um, partner with us. They make really high-quality supplements, supplements that I trust which again is really hard to find nowadays where there are just endless supplement companies and you never know what the quality or the claims behind them. Um, if you don't know, uh, you know, if, if you don't know anything about your probiotic, I think it is time to look at what you're taking and evaluate. Is this a probiotic that has quality strains that have been tested that do have evidence and is actually maintainable in the human digestive tract, which is a a thing that not a lot of people think about. So incorporating a probiotic supplement like Bioptimizer's P301, which is something me and my husband have taken on and off, 
is a proteolytic probiotic that does survive stomach acid and the digestive tract, and it makes it into your gut. P3OM contains strains of probiotics that improve your digestion and nutrient absorption, helping ensure your digestive tract and your immune system stay strong and healthy, which so important right now that we are doing everything we can to support our immune system. Gut issues aren't just about bloating and digestion. It is where your immune system lives and your gut plays such an important role in your ability to fight off viruses and keep pathogenic bacteria at bay. And while other prior probiotics require um, refrigeration (laughs) uh, and often die in transport and on the shelf, P3M doesn't need refrigeration at all which I love it because you can travel with it. (laughs) Um, And it's also been clinically proven to give you more energy, less bloating, more mental clarity. So support your immune system and gut health. Try uh, P3OM from Bioptimizers. It's bioptimizers.com slash wellfed. We got some special deals there. That's by optimizers, so it's B-I and then optimizers, O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash wellfed. And then by using the promo code wellfed10, you'll also get an additional 10% off your next order. Try it out. See if it works for you. See if it helps. Um, I, I do believe that you should be seeing a difference in from the supplements that you're taking. Um, I talk about this probiotic a lot because there are so many out there that just aren't proven and have little to no research behind them. So... P3OM is antiviral. It actually eliminates pathogens and waste and is maintainable in the human digestive tract. Again, that's bioptimizers.com slash wellfed and then use that code wellfed10 for our discount. Now, let's uh, get on to my interview with Heather. So Heather, tell me about your life before you started. Maybe before, I, I want to say before you struggled with infertility, but just as we were talking, um, you were talking about how when you didn't have a period and you were technically infertile, you kind of thought it was a cool thing. So what was that like for you maybe earlier on before you had a diagnosis? What was it like for you to just, what was a day in the life for you when you didn't have your period or you were kind of er- in those early stages of infertility? Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, infertility or fertility in general was not on the forefront at all until we were kind of like ready to have children. But before that, um, I went through a period where I lost some weight. I felt really good. I liked the positive reinforcement I received from people from losing that weight. And so um, it kind of started as a really innocent step to get healthier, which then turned into a little bit more of kind of an OCD overload of all things healthy. Um, and then I got to where my calories are really low. I was working out a ton and I, you know, noticed one month I didn't have a cycle. Um, I knew that, you know, it wouldn't be because of pregnancy. And so that one month turned into about nine or 10. Um, And the whole time, you know, I was kind of, I was tracking calories. um, And I would say, I look back now and it's insane. I was probably at like 700 calories a day. Um, and my goal was always to be like as low as possible, but then to still like run and work out. Um, I was in pharmacy school at the time and I don't know. I mean, to me, I thought I was just really healthy and I wanted to even tell other people like how they could get healthy by just, you know, like stopping eating, which is insane. Um, but I went to the doctor, they told me, you know, they do labs. They said everything was normal. It really was something that told me, um, or asked me like, what's going on with my life? What is my lifestyle like to even tell me what was happening? Um, but I was kind of okay with it because if I didn't have to have a period, I didn't really want to have one. Um, and so that went on. And then 
I actually ended up, my period came back a couple of times. And so my thoughts when it came back was that I was gaining weight. And that was kind of my biggest fear was to gain the weight back because everyone talks to you about how great you look once it's gone. Um, So then you kind of feel like there was something wrong with you before. And so I just, in my mind, didn't want to go back to that place. And so um, I would really kind of dial up the working out. I went through a stint of, you know, um, we got really big into CrossFit. And so I did that for a while. And I kind of started judging how well I was doing with, um, you know, being healthy, quote unquote, by if my period was around or not. Um, and so that went on for a couple of years. And then we decided that, you know, it was time for us to have children. And so I kind of knew like, oh, I'm going to have to, you know, get a cycle back if we're going to have kids. And um, I really did not want to, you know, just start. I didn't want to be a part of the infertility community in general. So I thought, you know, well, I'll just do this, get my cycle back. And then, um, you know, we'll move forward and have babies. And that was a whole nother, you know, realm and world of learning and understanding your body. But I think for me, It took a lot of mental work to get to the space where I was okay having a period again, because to me, I felt like I would have to gain a bunch of weight. Um, And I had such an unhealthy relationship with food that it, I mean, to me, it was just almost terrifying. Um, And it took a lot to kind of get to the point where number one, I was just okay with having a cycle, but then number two, having to eat and have, you know, redefine my relationship with food, if that makes sense. Yeah. What was it this starting point for you where you were like, oh, I should be working out a ton. Do you, I mean, do you remember like what was <laughs> that's what I always I'm always like, when yeah. did this start? Where did this come from when it was like, oh, I should be working out a ton and eating less and losing weight? Was that just something that you feel was always there? Or was there like a switch for you where you're like, oh, yeah. this is what I should be doing? No. So I will tell you, all this is so interesting just to think about like psychologically now. Um, food was never a thing to me or my family. Like we just kind of ate what was there. So if it was canned ravioli or, or I mean, some of my favorite foods were always, you know, like pastas or cereals or, you know, whatever. Um, food was just never a thing. I know that's a weird thing to say, but like I just never thought about it. Um, it's not weird, then, Heather. It's normal. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> I feel it now. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah like I don't care what I have for lunch. Yeah, right? right. yeah. Um, but I so I started dating my now husband and he had a girl that I guess he was like hanging out with before or whatever. And she actually put up um, on AIM a little away message. And it was all these really mean things about me, but it said that I was fat. And that was the first time in my mind that I had ever even considered that like, I mean, I always kind of knew that I had, um, I wasn't a skinny quote unquote as some of my friends, but I never cared. I was just like, yeah, I have curves or, you know, like I never cared what size clothes I wore. Um, I mean, nothing. And so that was like a trigger. And I don't know what it was, but I started just, and and Pinterest contributed a lot to this because I remember um, Pinterest had just come out, which is so funny (laughs) to say. Um, But I remember looking at like ways to lose weight, how to get abs, like a bunch of Pinterest things. And I can remember feeling like, okay, if I'm hungry or, you know, oh man, I just really want to have like a candy bar right now. I would go on Pinterest and like, look at, you know, things that would kind of reset my mind around. No, it's more important that I lose this weight or look, you know, like X, Y, Z. Um, and it's so toxic to think about now, but at the time it just felt normal. Like I feel like all of us, I mean, me and all my roommates would kind of sit on Pinterest and, um, it's interesting that my personality type kind of ran with it um, a lot 
more than it should have. I think that's partially to, so I'm an Enneagram one, um, if anyone, you know, follows Enneagram. And to me, it felt very much like this moral decision of right and wrong in terms of like, if I want this, um, so to be skinny or to have abs or to look like this, then it was wrong to do the things that did not align with those goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think that was probably my starting point. And it took so long for me to realize it wasn't healthy. Um, like I said, I mean, I was even, I think at one point I had started a blog. Um, well, I know at one point I started a blog. <laughs> think it um <laughs> but I would like log my workouts and would give people like tips for how to have like low calorie foods that were still good and it was all still this mindset around if you don't eat a lot and just work out like you'll get the results you want and that's good um and my business now which is totally different and my mindset now and my life now is the exact opposite of that and it's just it's, I'm so glad that I went through that journey because I can relate so well to people um, because I was there and I understand it. But I also know that taking the steps to do the work to kind of crawl out of that hole and then to start honoring your body and trusting it was worth it tenfold. Um, so, yeah, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So what was the turning point for you? So you hit this, you hit this thing where you're like, oh, I need to have a period to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um what were some of the things that you started to do to try to get your period back? Yeah. Um, so I basically knew I needed to be eating more, but I really struggled with that because I felt like I was eating a lot. Um, so a thousand calories to me felt like a ton. 1300 felt wild. Um, and honestly, I, I mean, it sounds funny. I, I basically binge watched or binge listened to well-fed women podcast, which at the <laughs> time was paleo women. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I had a friend who had actually recovered from an eating disorder and she and I, she was able to be very helpful with accountability for me. Um, So she had walked through it, but had been healed from it for quite some time. And so she kind of knew my struggles and my like disordered eating and habits. Um, And so basically I remember a turning point being where I knew I needed to increase my calories and stop dieting and not just increase my calories if I did keto or increase my calories, you know, if I did a vegan or vegetarian diet, but actually just kind of like heal this relationship with food. And so I remember deciding that I wasn't going to get on the scale anymore, that I was going to push through. I vividly remember like sitting in my room one day being like, just push through, like push these thoughts out, replace them with truth and, you know, like just do it. Um, And so I did eventually, because the breakdowns about like feeling fat and others' opinions of me got pretty intense that it kind of affected like our social life and our marriage. I did end up going to counseling um, for a little bit just to kind of work through all of that. And she really helped me see the control issues that were kind of surfacing in terms of me trying to control my weight or other people's opinions of me or um, body image and that type of thing. And so, um, and she was a huge resource too, of just helping me push through. Like, I remember that being my mantra of like, do not get on the scale or, you know, just have something that deters you from this. Don't start looking at Pinterest. I cleaned out my Instagram, like you guys recommended on the show, um, (laughs) and got rid of all of it. And I really just changed my mindset from when I saw someone who had something I wanted. So like a body I wanted, or, you know, was doing was, you know, running faster than me because she probably was skinnier than me, which is what my mind would think, um, that 
I just kind of realigned my goal and was like, no, that is not my goal. My goal right now is this. Um, and at the time it was to have a period and to eventually have a baby. Um, and so really kind of shifting that mindset. And every time those thoughts started creeping in, I just replaced them with truth over and over and over again. It eventually started to kind of correct itself. Um, but even to this day, so I am... I would say like three, almost four years out of that kind of like lifestyle phase and kind of that turning point. And I still will not step on a scale. Um, so I do at the doctor's office, but I ask them not to tell me. And um, I, I just don't like I even now, like I've had scales in the house or, you know, at a friend's house or whatever. And I'm like, nope, I, I don't want my mind to even feel like it needs to go back there because what my body weighs is not my goal at all any longer. Um, so yeah, it, that's kind of how that transition happened and, and how I kind of, I say, push through it. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember some of the, like, what were some of your worries about gaining weight? I mean, did, mm -hmm. did you, was it more something that you were just fearful of what people would think about you or how, like, how did you, when, when stuff like that, because I think the mindset piece is the hardest thing. Yes. Um, so when stuff like that would come <clears throat> up, how did you try to actively change, like, you know, I mean, did, yeah. you, did you do anything special or different, you know, writing, <laughs> writing <laughs> post-it notes and putting it on your mirror or like, how, how did yeah. you work against that? Because so many, so many women find their worth and their weight. And so when you mm -hmm. lose that, you really, it's an identity shift. Yeah, exactly. An identity shift. Um, so I would say that counseling helped. Yeah. Another thing that helped was um, <clears throat> I went ahead and just bought new clothes. So one of my biggest issues or triggers aside from the scale was when my clothes were too tight because I went from certain sizes and then lost a bunch of weight down to other sizes. And so when those smaller sizes didn't fit anymore, it made me feel like I was headed back to, you know, this place of, <clears throat> at the time I just thought like, I was just so unattractive at, you know, the weight I was before I lost weight. And I look now and I look at those pictures and I'm like, I was nuts to think that like I looked fine at all the different stages. Um, and so I do know that. So just sucking it up and buying new clothes helped because it wasn't a daily trigger. I didn't have to be reminded of that every day. Getting off the scale helped having my friend to talk to about it. So I had one person I could go to and tell her like, hey, I feel really fat today or I feel yeah. like really, you know, um, just like I'm overwhelmed with eating today or I feel like I've eaten things I shouldn't have or, you know, share that guilt with or whatever it may be. Um, and having her kind of help me with that truth. Um, my husband was great, but it got to the point where like, I kind of felt like he would say like, you look great no matter what. So I just stopped believing him, which is really a disservice to him mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, and I really, you know, it's, a, it's sad that we do that as women, but I think my biggest concerns, I was really, a lot of our friends were in the CrossFit community and we were kind of big into CrossFit. And I did hear the way, you know, they talk about other people's bodies, even like my male friends. And mm. I didn't want to be one of those people they talked about or, um, you know, I wanted them to say positive things about me and not from any standpoint, you know, that is inappropriate, but more so from a standpoint of just like, oh man, like I want someone to feel, you know, like to be like, oh, she works really hard or she's really, you know, fit or toned or, mm -hmm. um, you know, just kind of that feeling of accomplishment from other people. And I, I don't know, it, it was mostly, and I think in my mind, what I struggled with a lot was other people opinions. Yeah. Um, and I really had to do the mental work to break free of that as well, because I think I didn't even know 
my opinion or the opinion of people like around me that I loved, I couldn't hear them because of all the made up opinions and thoughts and conversations I thought in my head, other people were having about me. Um, And one thing that like, when you go through this on the verge of um, fertility issues or infertility, so we had a good amount of friends that knew we were trying to get pregnant at the time. And so my biggest fear was not fear, but I was very insecure in the fact that I was gaining this weight and that people were going to think I was pregnant and I wasn't. Um, And so that was a hard thing too, just because I didn't really want to have to, it was kind of hard enough to not be pregnant, but I didn't really want to have to have that conversation of like, well, yeah, I have gained a bunch of weight, but I'm still not pregnant. Um, And now I kind of, I work with clients that are on fertility journeys and I say like, yeah, girl, if you have to gain 20 pounds, like do it and do it proudly. Like just your body might need that. So just do it 20, 30, 40, whatever the number may be. Um, But at the end, when you have that baby, like none of that matters. Like even if someone said that to you, it does not matter. Um, And then you kind of find out too. So we actually um, still haven't conceived and and we do do know now that um, it's more of a male factor issue for us, but Mm -hmm. aligning my hormones was still something I would do 30 times over. It was the best decision I ever made (laughs) um, to really embrace fertility and seek that out. But um, so after we adopted our son that we have now, I got so many comments about how great I look, Um, obviously because I didn't have this child. Um, So I was carrying a newborn baby, but looked like I didn't. Um, But then I kind of started to realize like people just say things because as many comments as I got for that, I still had a comment of um, a lady in the neighborhood saying like, oh my gosh, I can't believe y'all had a baby. I knew you were getting fat. I knew you were getting <gasps> weight. I just didn't know I, why. What? Yes. Yes. I can. And, and I just like, I mean, I was almost like blindsided. I was like, wait, what? Um, because, you know, we just started walking around with this stroller and she's like, is there a baby in there? And I was like, yeah, you know, and we didn't, we don't tell people, you know, right off the bat, especially people who don't have a relationship with his story because it is his story. Um, and so, I just kind of let it roll off of me. Um, And my husband even made the comment, you know, had someone said that to you two years ago, I would really be worried about like, if you would eat for the next two weeks. Um, And, 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 and at that point, it was almost comical. I was like, yeah, well, you know, I kind of realized people just say whatever, because she said this today, but I had three people tell me yesterday that, you know, I was so tiny and all this stuff. And like, it's just, you just kind of have to learn that like, none of it matters. And a lot of times people just feel awkward and don't know what to say to you. <laughs> and just So they it, default and start talking yeah. about your body, which makes it like, <laughs> what, oh, this is the, yes. this is the most not your business thing ever. Yet you're exactly. making it your business. Yes. You know, yes. It, it baffles me. Like it is insane. I, it's so crazy. And I, I can yeah. so relate to the things you were saying about being in the CrossFit gym and hearing the chatter of that mm-hmm. people talk, you know, people talk, women and men both talk about what other people look like. And, oh, yeah, she looks good for just starting or, you know, she looks great for just having a baby. She still has that belly. And like, it's just like it's this culture of we uh, you know, and not to say that this is CrossFit. I know there's a lot of great people in CrossFit and a lot of great people that don't focus on appearance, but we have such an appearance driven culture, especially in fitness. Yes. Yes. And the underlying tone is just shame, shame, shame. And mm-hmm. all we do, all, our main focus for fitness is, you know, getting rid of some quote unquote belly or like, you know, losing our thunder thighs or whatever. And it's just crazy to me that that has become the number one thing, the most important thing in our life. And like I made a, um, 
quote the other day that was like, women, your weight is not the most important thing about you. You know, Mm -hmm. stop treating it as so. Stop giving it so much weight. And also stop commenting to other women about their weight. Like, what is it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just so, it's so baffles me. (laughs) It is so After all these years, it it still baffles me. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I think it comes down. I mean, I do think a lot of it, and especially for me, I kind of started to realize that, especially as a culture, I think identity is a huge issue. And when culture and the world kind of throw at us this opportunity to find our identity in something that we have control over, um, it just seems really appealing. So we go after it. And I think it took a lot of work for me to realize like where my identity came from um, and, you know, who I am regardless of my weight and that it will change. And I know like one of my biggest fears was like, oh man, I might, you know, gain 30 pounds and then get pregnant and gain 60 pounds. And then, um, you know, just, just be huge the rest of my life. And Mm -hmm. at, at the same time, I was like, okay, but who cares? Like I am a good mother and a wife and like, I have all these things that I'm desiring in my life and I know who I am and where I stand. And like, I have the approval of, you know, basically in my mind, in my life, it was just the Lord. And I was like, okay, like I will be okay if that happens. And there's also things you can't predict. So like you, I mean, there's plenty of people. I I look at my sister's pregnancies, like she, you know, essentially got pregnant with twins and never planned for that. Right. And so that's this whole other like thing that she didn't have control over that affects her body. And it's kind of like when you just release that control and say like, I truly don't have control anyways. Um, it really kind of helps you to navigate, okay, well, what do, um, or what can I find, you know, value and worth and all these things in that, you know, aren't dependent on this false sense of control that I think I have over my weight. So what was it oh, like? Yeah. What what ha- what was that catalyst for you for you actually getting your period back and balancing your hormones and all that? Yeah. So I only know this because at the time I was still pretty um, active on the scale. <laughs> I say that meaning like, I mean, when I was in the throes of it, I would wake up in the middle of the night and get on my scale um, like six, seven times a day. It was insane. But I would say it took about 20 to 30 pounds of weight gain and it came back. And I knew that because... I knew where my weight was every time I would get it back. So I kind of knew, um, you know, I, I can, and even now, so after we had my son, um, you know, you just get busy as a mom and then food's not a thing. Mm-hmm. And I can even see, you know, times where like stress has been really high and stuff. And I can know when I haven't been eating enough. And a lot of times it, it's kind of, there's a certain weight, there's a threshold, right? So I know if I'm under this weight, then I'm going to have symptoms of my hormones being out of balance and I'll potentially lose my period. But I'm, you know, over a certain weight, then everything's fine. And I just have to continue doing that manipulation with my hormones to keep the symptoms down. And I say symptoms, but essentially things I thought were normal, like um, chin acne or decreased sex drive or insomnia or um, just even like aches and pains. Um, that I kind of just thought like came with life or working out or whatever, I realized were actually signs that I didn't have any estrogen because my body turned it off because I told it that, you know, it was in a stressful situation and there was a famine and that, you know, essentially it, it wasn't in a safe and secure place. Um, and so I, I do think that for me, what it took was really just pushing through and fixing and healing that relationship with not just my body and trusting it, but also with food. Um, And then those extra pounds definitely made a difference. But I'll tell you, after I did that initial work and, you know, sat at a higher weight for about a year to a year and a half, 
um, it all fell off. And I don't know where I'm at now or how much of it fell off, but I'm back in clothes that I would have worked my butt off for, you know, at the gym three times a day to be able to fit in. And now it just happens naturally because it's probably where my body wanted to exist anyways before I started all of this craziness. Yeah, yeah. that's really interesting, too, because I I have a similar story and it's it just shows the, just how crazy your body is. But, you know, I had to gain quite a bit of weight back to then like heal mentally, emotionally, physically give it up, right? Give up the whole, the rat race, the game. And my body was like in rebound, like, you know, non-starved, like, oh, wow, I can eat again. So it was just like holding on to everything because I had starved myself for so long. Um, And then kind of came to this like natural set point where I would have thought that I would have had to like, oh, for me to stay here, I've just got to make sure that I'm working out a ton and eating, you know, and cutting my calories and all that. But truthfully, I sat at a spot for years and years, not, not working out. I mean, I would work out when, you know, for fun and when I wanted to, but I wouldn't be like, oh, if I miss a workout today, it's just going to be so bad. You know, no, And and it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't counting. I never counted calories when we went on vacations. I didn't care. You didn't care. I ate when I was hungry, sometimes, you know, ate above that. And my body stayed there because it wasn't under this huge pile of stress. And so I had to have this like healing period for then my body to kind of find its set point and like exist very happily there. Um, and so when I hear people talk about, oh, I have these huge fluctuations and, oh, if I miss a day working out, I gain five pounds or whatever. It's like, OK, that's probably not. Or, you know, I can't if I if I stop working out, I'll instantly gain 10 pounds. I'm like, well, that's probably not the place that your body wants to be then. You know okay. what I mean? Um, if you yeah. have these massive fluctuations. Yeah. Not a, a lot state. of that is hormones. And that is something right. that like I completely ignored. And I know like. A lot of even the physician's offices that I've worked in before um, just kind of negate it. So, I mean, I have patients that come to me and say, like, well, the doctor told me if I lose 30 pounds, X, Y, Z, you know, I could come off of this medicine or this medicine or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so they tell them to have like a low calorie diet and and all types of stuff. And um, to me, I feel like we're completely ignoring this whole factor that our body is running off of, which are hormones. They're the only signaling molecule that's telling everything in our body what to do and when to do it. Um And so I always, not always, but I do kind of really encourage women to find someone that can help them to kind of decipher symptoms and to walk them through the process rather than, or walk alongside them, even if it is just a friend for accountability, Um, you know, rather than you try to take it on on your own, because when you're, you know, juggling this control issue and then the, um, like, inappropriate relationship, but then with food and your body and weight and stuff, but then also using like your own measurements or set points to try and decide how much weight you should gain or shouldn't gain or where your body's at or how much healing you need. Um, It just becomes so hard in your mind to disassociate from it and really just kind of like do what your body needs. Mm -hmm. And so I can remember like having someone who said like, because for me, if I gain 10 pounds, I was like, I can't trust my body. See what, this is what happens. Um, Like I I just can't, but having someone be like, no, you can, you just need a little more. You just need to trust it a little more, or you just need to, you know, continue focusing on your goal. Then it allowed me to stop with, you know, changing everything up all the time. And I think that consistency really turns your hormones. It's like a turning point for your hormones. And once that cortisol or like that stress hormone starts coming down, it's like your body is a whole new creature that's like functioning yeah, the way it right. should. <laughs> it's a whole new creature. Yeah. yeah. So what does a day look like for you now? 
Yeah. So what I focus on now really is um, trying to eat and really feed my family um, just according to hormone health. So if again, like if you would have talked to me five years ago or if me would have talked to me five years ago, she would think I was insane now. Um, but I add tons of healthy fats to about everything I eat. Um, really try to, again, like manipulate our nutrition around, um, you know, just hormone health. So I have a child that I know has a brain that's developing. So I try to get him a lot of like healthy fats and widen his palate and let him explore different foods and textures. And then um, for myself, I really just kind of, like food's not a thing. I work during the day and like we go to CrossFit. I still teach CrossFit classes. Um, And we just, like if I work out twice a week, that's great. If I work out once a week, that's okay too. Um, Whereas before, if I missed, you know, two workout, if I didn't get my two workouts in a day, I like couldn't handle life. Um, I don't step on the scale. I haven't seen a scale in two years. I have no idea what I weigh. Um, And my life is just so many things besides what I weigh or what my body looks like or what size I am. Um, And so I really, after working in the physician's office and kind of seeing how many women were going through this and being told even from like medical professionals that they needed to do things to their body that I didn't feel like were honoring their hormones or considering the fact that they were women that had female hormones that were actually what was kind of like dictating and setting the pace and the tone for everything their body was doing. Um, I started kind of my own consulting business with just hormone coaching and hormone health and women's health and really trying to be that like best friend that comes alongside women and be like, hey, um, you know, you might be struggling with acne and your doctor said to do this and this, or you might be struggling with something like PCOS and your doctor wants to just throw you a medicine. Um, and, you know, you might not know what that looks like, or, um, you know, you might've been on chronic diets that are really making this condition worse and we can fix it, you know, just by kind of realigning some of your goals and symptom relief. And so I really loved that my story is what it is because it's kind of opened the door for me to walk alongside other women. Um, and then it also threw me into this whole world of research on hormones and how female hormones are kind of at the, I really say like the underlining structure for all things, women's health. And, um, just a lot of things in westernized medicine don't honor those or consider them and so kind of being that other voice for women has been really um fun for me and I don't think I would have gotten there if I hadn't have walked through what I did Mm, that's awesome thank you for talking to us I know you have a great Instagram and I follow you what is your Instagram handle just so everybody can know where to find more from you if they want to connect yeah, so I am at Dr. Heather Rhodes. So D-R and then Heather Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S. So nice to talk to you. Thank you, Heather. Ah, thanks, Noelle. This is great. 